This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kayes and Jeremy Fisher. This is A Voice. Hello and welcome to Season 6, Episode 5 of This is Voice. The podcast where we get vocal about voice. I'm Jeremy Fisher. And I'm Dr. Gillian Kayes. And we're back on The Book, This is A Voice. Ta-da! We're going to be doing some exercises over the next few episodes from the book. So, um, we're going to start with a wonderful email that we got from Scott, who is a retired professor of communication and media. Mm. Thank you very much, Gillianne and Jeremy, too. As a lifelong educator, I have seen the positive impact excellent learning resources can have on students. This is a voice provided a life-changing opportunity for me. I'm sure there are many others out there who have similar experiences with it. Way to go. Do you know, that is just, I mean, it was particularly precious coming from Scott. And he actually wrote at length about why it was so good and why the book had impacted on him so much. Um, But it just makes me think that getting feedback is really important. Sometimes it doesn't matter where you are in in your life or, or how you see yourself in your career path. But to get something reflected back on you, that's very precious. Yeah. We've had a bit of that this weekend, actually, we have, haven't yes. we? So um, we're going to start with uh, exercise on consonants. Yeah, I've been badgered into doing the consonant awareness exercise with Jeremy. Well, I'm going to be reading it. He's going to be doing it. Yeah. Consonants, it's weirdly, as a vocal coach, it's one of the things that I focus on a lot. And I think people misunderstand consonants and how they're used and why they're there and how you do them as a singer and how things come across. There's all sorts of things that I think are misconceptions. Yeah, and I just want to say something, which is that, I mean, you know, because you've MD'd for years, you know, um, tongue twisters are very much MD's go-tos, you know, Mm. both in the theatre and also in choral training. And I sometimes sort of think, yeah, but why? What? Why are we doing it in this way? What's it really about? You know, other than a brain gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so, I have thoughts sometimes, twisters, but we'll go into that in a moment. Yeah, so I'm challenging him a bit today. <laughs> That's the plan. I very rarely use them as an MD, just so mm. that you know. Mm. Um, so, Gillianne, I'm going to read the introduction to this is exercise 24 in the speaking effectively section. And this is page 81 of the book. Okay. I'm going to read the introduction and then uh, you're going to take me through each section. Mm-hmm. Clearly articulated consonants are important cues for a listener and will be more intelligible if made louder or longer. Making them longer gives a smooth sound and allows your audience more time to hear and understand what you're saying. This exercise enables you to experiment with each of these ways. Okay, so now you want me to read point one and you're going to do it? Okay. Speak one of the four sample paragraphs on page 82 and use volume and emphasis to kick some of the key consonants. For example, emphasize any plosive sounds b, p, d, t, g, and the hard k, k. At the beginning of words. Okay. Well, I'm going to choose then a different one from the one that we used in the book, but I'm going to use one of the four on page 82. So I'm going to use the one with all the um, stopped consonants in. Yeah. Frank King, burglar extraordinaire, cracks the black coffer and slings the bling in the big gig bag, looking like a cocky rocker. But Copper Dick Clark overlooks the slick burgling suspect and looks locks ex-convict Wolfgang Gokart in the clink. 
Do you know, that wasn't bad. There was one tiny, <laughs> tiny slip. And um, we'll put this in the show notes, but we had some of these specially written for us did, in, yes. um, in a competition. I think this was one of them. It might be. Um, I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it by kicking harder all of the, the stopped consonants. Frank King, burglar extraordinaire, cracks the black coffer and slings the bling in the big gig bag, looking like a cocky rocker. But the copper Dick Clark overlooks the slick burgling suspect and locks ex-convict Wolfgang Gokart in the clink. So where, in what situation might it be useful to do that, would you say? Um, all the way through, very rarely. Because as an audience listener, you feel assaulted by that. And also we get so involved with listening to what what consonants are being kicked that you actually lose the sense of the sentence. I will say something, though, listening to you do it now. Mm -hmm. You focused only on those sounds, mm -hmm. okay, on the stopped consonants. Mm -hmm. So you weren't kind of kicking the other consonants that were there Not much, no. in, in the text. And I think that's quite important. Yeah. I can see that that might be relevant in an environment where there's a difficult acoustic um, for uh, an yeah. actor to work in. Yes, very large acoustic, um, uh, ends of words. If the musical genre requires it, then it's quite possible that you don't need to kick the ends, but some genres do. So give me another version. Oh, uh, I'm going to elongate. Um, I'm going to do something quite specific with these stopped consonants. Because it's a stop, you can't elongate any noise, but I'm going to elongate the stop. This is going to take a bit of time. Frank King, burglar extraordinaire, cracks the black coffer and slings the bling in the big gig bag, looking like a cocky rocker. But copper Dick Clark overlooks the slick burgling suspect and locks the ex-convict Wolfgang Gokart in the clink. <gasps> that so reminds me of one of our British actors. <laughs> that's the late Harry, that's the late Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter was a fictional character, it's all right, he isn't dead yet. So a very well-known actor, the late Alan Rickman. Yeah. Who characterised Snape in Harry Potter? Yep. So absolutely immortalised, and he was known for this way of using his consonants. When you hear somebody imitating Alan Rickman speaking, it's the first thing they go to is the absolute elongation of the consonants, mm -hmm. and then the pauses between them. Very distinctive. Yeah. What's so extraordinary about that is, although it takes longer, uh, we get absolutely every word, and there is an element of of. Um, evil or kind of like there's a hidden agenda there's a hidden subtext absolutely. there's a little bit of threat Abs in absolutely yes and i think um obviously i did the more exaggerated version so that you can hear what i was doing if i take the exaggeration down a little bit but i still do some of those stops here's what it's going to sound like frank king burglar extraordinaire cracks the black coffer and slings the bling in the big gig bag, looking like a cocky rocker. But Copper Dick Clark overlooks the slick burgling suspect and locks ex-convict Wolfgang Gokart in the clink. Do you know what? I mean, it's just the singing teacher in me. I love the idea of bling in the big gig bag. 
yeah. bling in the big gig bag. It's quite challenging, isn't it? And yeah. then looking like a cocky rocker. Yeah. I think those would make fabulous little sung tongue twisters. Yeah. So um, <laughs> in terms of singing, what's just happened to the legato line? Because there ain't no way you can do legato line with stopped consonants like that. And the answer is you don't need the legato line. There are so many stopped consonants in this that, in fact, it would be nigh on impossible to sing this really, really legato in, in the true sense of the word legato. So you fake it. And um, there's a whole book that I wrote on how to sing legato, which is behind me on the green screen if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and the thing about legato is that it is a complete fake. If you're going to put words in, mm. you, it is literally impossible to sing legato unless every single consonant is a voiced consonant. And stopped consonants are not necessarily voiced consonants. Okay, so I've got a challenge for you yes. now. I want you to sing some of it. Yes. Um, in two styles, one more like a patter song, okay. which is fast, yeah. and the other um, with some legato approaches. And we're going to discuss how you're doing it. Oh, gosh, that's a challenge. Okay. Uh, we have not rehearsed this. Um, right. Patter song. Um, Okay, Frank King. Frank King, burglar extraordinaire, cracks the black coffer and slings the bling in the big geek bag, looking like a cocky rocker. But Copper Dick Clark overlooks the slick burgling suspect and locks ex-convict Wolfgang Gokart in the clink. That tells me that you've been an opera repetitor in your life. <laughs> because that is fabulous recitative, isn't it, people? Absolutely. Okay, it's fabulous narrative singing. Yeah. Okay, now do something a little bit more lyric, or where some of it's a bit, where you've got slower approaches into some of the consonants. Okay, um, I can tell you what I'm going to be doing, which is elongating the consonants, but I'm still going to keep the stops in. Elongating the vowels, but I'm still going to keep the stops in. Frank King, burglar extraordinaire, crack. The black coffin slings the bling into the big gig bag, looking like a cocky rocker. But Copper de Clark overlooks the slick burgling suspect and locks ex convict Wolfgang Gokart in the clink. I have to say, I knew you were a genius, but you have absolutely excelled yourself. And I think what's so interesting about this, uh, again, is it's to do with performance decisions. Yes, absolutely. You chose, I mean, as it happens, you chose to sing more on the NGs like looking and bling. Oh, any so, any voiced consonants, any particularly any yeah. liquid voiced consonants like the Ns, the NGs and the Ls, I... Absolutely extended. And you also chose to feature the uh, character Dick Clark. So we had two characters. We had Frank King, who's a burglar, and we had the copper Dick Clark. Yep. And that was very, very clear. And we also, of course, we had Wolfgang Wolfgang Gokart. I can't even read it, let alone sing it. Um, so you were actually featuring those. Yes. Yeah. Were you aware of that, or did it just happen instinctively? I'm still doing the story, even though I'm even though I'm doing a lyrical line. I'm still doing the story. Mm, mm, that is so fascinating. Um, I mean, I personally think that's quite effective. If you wanted to go more classic, more operatic, Frank King, burglar extraordinaire. 
cracks the black coffer and slings the bling into the big gig bag. You would probably not do as many stopped or as hard a stop mm. in the consonant. Mm. And that, of course, is because if you're wanting to, you know, if you're in an acoustic environment and you, you need to make the sound carry, yep. you do need to feature the vowels. Yep. Um, could you, we discussed earlier, because we did rehearse some of this, we discussed earlier what happens if you attempt to do that kind of acoustic um, projection and you kick all the consonants. Ooh. Oh, 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 kicking the consonants like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Just do a couple of lines. Yeah, I value my voice. Um, Frank King, burglar extraordinaire, cracks the black coffer and slings the bling in the big gig bag. See, I think what's so interesting about that, well, first of all, I feel assaulted. So do I. And and I'm not getting the story because everything is so kicked because we, you know, we tend to emphasise the consonants that we want people to really hear. Yeah. This is also, this is the big difference for me, and it's a huge one between diction and intelligibility. Diction is basically kick every consonant and make, make sure the audience can hear absolutely every single thing you sing. But it becomes like a machine gun and you'd get no sense from it. Intelligibility mm. is what do I, what signals do I need to give the audience to understand what I'm saying as I'm saying it? And that's partly to do with performance decisions, isn't it? it you know, how do you want is. the narrative to go? Um, so I might, if there are 15 kicked consonants in that sentence, then I might only kick two of them because those are the two that you are the really important words that the audience need to hear. And I might just fade away on the others, That's which is sort of what I did when I sang it the first time more operatically. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is, I don't know if you um, clocked this, Jeremy said, I'm only going to do a couple of lines because I value my voice. Oh, yeah. You use that much pressure on every consonant and you're also trying to project the vowels... You're going to get vocally tired, and I'm not even singing. And there's something else as well, which is um, it's almost like a misconception. This is another misconception, which is um, voice is carried on on the breath, and therefore you must have a continuous flow of air. Everything's smooth and even. And if you're trying to produce a continuous flow of air coming out of your mouth and you're doing stopped consonants, the air has to stop. And every time the air stops, if the vocal folds are closed, mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep the same amount of airflow going out, then you build up extra pressure underneath the vocal folds. And that's when things start to go wrong. If you're going to do stopped consonants, you have to stop the airflow at some point. Yep. So you will be officially stuffed you work as hard as Jeremy did just now. It's a technical term. <laughs> yeah. Um, the exercise to go to, uh, number 24, page 81. And in fact, we have four tongue twisters like this. We've got one, which is Frank King, which is the one I've just done, which is all stopped consonants. We've got some sublime palimpsest of sunbeams, which is a cross. It's a mix of stopped and liquid consonants. Then we've got, unsurprisingly, Sister Susie's sewing of shirts for sailors was a short-lived career, which is fricatives. And then we also have 43 thistle sifters frantically sifted 47 thorny thistles, which is a, another fricative one. You're showing off now. I did notice that I didn't actually read the second half of all of them. The second oh, half's more difficult. Because they do, they do get challenging. <laughs> I will say one thing, though, before we finish. Mm. I'll say one thing about um, the difference between the kicked consonants um, and the elongated consonants, the lengthened ones. 
The kicked consonants are much quotes easier to do because they're easier to think about. You just mm. you just go here's a K. I'm going to work it harder. Mm. And also with so many choral conductors saying I need to hear the consonants and the whole choir goes behind them mm. uh, and then you can hear them. The elongation of the consonants is a much weirder thing to do if you've not done it the first time. Because when you're singing, it's going to impact on the timing, isn't it? When do you arrive on the vowel? Anytime you elongate a consonant, if you want to stay in tempo, the next vowel has to come on the beat, which means you elongate backwards into the previous note. And that's a really important thing to know. And the first time you do it, it's going to feel like you are interrupting all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But the moment you get used to it, it becomes a phenomenally good way of getting your words across without you working any harder at all. In fact, you work slightly less hard. Mm. And then you do um, you do tend to take it into real life as well. Um, so we would love to know what consonant exercises, what kind of tongue twisters or, or you know, routines you use with your students, um, either as a speaker or singer, or things that you use as a warm-up that you find effective. Let us know. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr Gillian Kayes and Jeremy Fisher.